Good morning, Church at Home. This morning, I want to walk with you through the first half of the letter to Ephesians, giving you stopping points, question times, and pauses for reflection. For most of us, the most well-known part of this letter is actually at the end, in chapter 6, in the armour of God. But there is so much more in this short text that we can be encouraged with. And even the setting from which historians believe Paul wrote this letter is a challenge and support for us in this time. It is believed that Paul probably wrote this letter during the time of his imprisonment, unable to freely go about his life and work, which sounds familiar. But nothing in the following three chapters speak of worry, or even concern for material accomplishments. Uh, The letter's focus is 100% on the positive well-being of the church as a whole. So, before we even start, take a moment to pause and reflect on Paul's situation, and maybe read the final part of Acts, Acts 28, 16-25. When Paul is under guard, house arrest, with an uncertain future, and Acts ends and then all his letters begin. And Paul has turned a bad situation into a new opportunity to serve God and encourage the church that he has seen flourish over the years. So take a moment to reflect on this and maybe discuss how does his example challenge us to behave and believe in our present situation. Ephesians chapter 1. So in chapter 1, Paul brings us together, and he reminds us that God always intended to adopt everyone into his family under Jesus. In Ephesians 1 verse 10, Paul writes, This is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under Christ, everything in heaven and earth. He encourages us to remember that it is the Spirit of God's guarantee that he will give us his inheritance, but to remember If we look back at chapter 1, verse 3, all praise to God the Father, who has given us every spiritual blessing. God's gifts to us do not work the same way the world's gifts work. They are not material, easily replaced or upgraded or broken. They are higher and deeper than those concerns. Now in verse 16, Paul prays that the church may know spiritual wisdom and in so doing grow in the knowledge of God. So take some time to read and reflect on Ephesians chapter 1, and then discuss the following questions. Question 1. How has God shown himself and encouraged us recently? Did we miss it? Were we too distracted? And question 2. God's plan was always to adopt us into his family, to offer every nation and race into his kingdom. How can we show this in our church and in our world today? Ephesians chapter 2. So at the end of chapter 1, Paul declares that Christ is over all things for the benefit of the church, and that the church is his body, complete with Christ as the head. Now this will be important later on, but with that in mind, with Christ as the head, we can jump into chapter 2. And in the first three verses, Paul challenges us to remember that in Christ we are alive in spirit. Before this we used to indulge in all our passions and desires, not thinking about the consequences of what it might do to ourselves and others and to the world. And Paul says we were dead in spirit, living only for the material wants. But then be encouraged that when Christ rose from the dead, we are then offered life in him and him alone. This isn't something that we can attain by our own works, but only through the gift of God. In Ephesians 2 verses 8 to 9, Paul says, You can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. And there's that reminder again that this is not about material stuff and human achievements. God has saved you 
and God's Spirit can transform you and use you wherever you are. It has nothing to do with what we have or what amount of luxury or resources we possess. God's Spirit is the only resource needed so that we can be transformed to be like him. Now take a moment, reread the first ten verses of chapter 2 and consider the following. How often do we reflect and truly give thanks in the way we live for this gift? Do we try to please God with our works over our honest faith? And given that no one can compete for God's love, how does this change the way we love others, both in the church and outside of it? It's so easy for us to be split apart with concerns over money, food, toilet paper, health, wellness, let alone all the silly things the church argue about. Favourite worship songs, liturgy, who gets to do what on a Sunday. And Ephesians is a loud cry from Paul. Be united together in the good and especially in the bad. Be united together in the one thing that unites us, regardless of race or creed or preference. In chapter 2 verse 13, Paul says, You have been united in Christ. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Jesus has ended the systems that split people apart and created in himself one new people in love and selflessness, not caring.